And so I'd like you to turn to the book of Proverbs with me tonight. I want to give you some simple things, I think. Uh, And I don't think that you are simpletons. So please don't take it that way. (laughs) But I want to give you some things from the Proverbs chapter 1, from the book of Proverbs, that if you will apply your heart to these truths, I'm telling you, it will revolutionize your life. And so I, I know in part that I'm, I'm preaching sort of to the choir tonight. I know that over the 25 years, Brother Roger has referred to the book of Proverbs many, many times in a year, or he'll grab a verse out of there and, and has taught on it in the Bible college and so forth. And so yet, you know, everybody has their favorite books. If I were to go around, somebody might say, man, I, I love the book of James or the gospel of Luke and... I like uh, uh, this, and I, you know, I like the book of Daniel, how it talks about him being in there and how they fooled those guys. And, oh, king, man, he will deliver us. And, and you know, Daniel, are you in there? Yeah, I'm in here. What about them lines? They're sleeping, you know. And, uh, you know, to see those things and see the hand of God. And remember that the Old Testament, the Scripture says in Romans 15, that knowing this, that the things that were written aforetime were for our learning. And that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. What he's done for them, he will do for us. And one of the things I love about my Bible is that it is timeless. It is contemporary. I don't care if it's 3021 and you're here and you're waiting on the Lord to return and your kinfolk, your future, your great, great, great grandchildren and so forth. I'm hoping they'll hold to the King James Bible. Amen. And uh, because the Bible is timeless, it's always contemporary because the hearts of men have never changed. There's still none righteous, no, not one. Uh, you know, they might drive a Maserati, but that doesn't mean that they're right with God. Amen. And so, uh, I, and so I want to look at some things tonight from the book of Proverbs. So let's read in beginning in verse 1. And uh, this Bible says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And so let me say right off that if you reading this, you know, did Solomon end up in good stead? No, he did not. So what, what can we gather from this? And I've heard people say, well, man, this is the wisdom of Solomon and look what it did to him and so forth. And look how he, how he ended up. And that's not true. This is the wisdom of God. Solomon just happened to be the guy that wrote it down and he didn't follow his own counsel. And look, and look what happened. He, he reaped. You know, he sowed to the wind and reaped the whirlwind in his life. And so here we have the wisdom of God that is available to every one of us. Everyone, young and old, you're never too young to begin to delve into this book. It's 31 chapters and never too old to begin to embrace the truths that are here because they will help you. They will help you. And so, so let's look right here. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. I, I want you to see the purpose of the book. And they're illustrated here for us. Look in verse 2. It says to know wisdom and instruction. That's verse 2. And then verse 3 says to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. And then verse 4 says to give subtlety to the simple have you ever run across some simpletons? The, Bible, the book of Proverbs says that the simple believe every word. 
And uh, they're so easily manipulated and easily influenced. You know the, you know the word for that today, don't you? It starts with a G. What's it called? Gullible. They're gullible. And man, we have, we have generation after generation that is so gullible about the stuff that's, that comes out on the television set and things that are reported by the news media. And suddenly, man, if somebody says it, it's gospel. I think the days of Walter Cronkite have long been over, don't you? I think when Walter Cronkite, in the height of his career, he was the man that most Americans said they believed him over any other anchor in the country. And, uh, and so, so here we find it's to know wisdom, it's to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Verse 4 says it is to give subtlety to what? To, to, the, to the simple, if you will, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. And then verse 6, to understand a proverb. To understand a proverb. That word proverb means proverba. Instead of a bunch of words, it's just like, it's almost like a little mini sermon. It's just because the word sermon in the Bible simply means it's a stab. You know, and that's what we're doing. It's just a stab, just to, just to give you a little stick, if you will. I was talking to Brother uh, Brock about this in days gone by. They, the ushers, they would have these sticks. On one end had a feather in case you looked like you were nodding off. And if you'd actually gone to sleep, on the other side it had a little point on it. And they would help you stay awake. Amen. And, uh, and so I'm not saying we've got to do that. And, and I'll do my very best to keep it moving, all right? And, uh, and so, but here we see all these things. And, uh, and so here is the purpose behind this. We, you've heard, we've heard some messages about the wisdom of God. Brother Chip talked about it. And, and there was somebody else. I think Brother Lewis taught some on the wisdom of God. I'm trying to think who else it was. But here, we, we're actually getting down to some of the brass tacks that are here, the foundational things that you can build upon in your walk with God. Now, there are 31 chapters, right? And there are many times, you know, 30 days have... September, April, June, and what? November, all the rest have 31, blah, blah, blah. You remember that little rhyme, don't you? Did I get it right? I think I did. And, uh, and so there's a lot of months that have 31 days in it. And so there's a, there is a chapter in the book of Proverbs for every day in the month. Today is the 5th. You could have read Proverbs chapter 5 today. Tomorrow is the 6th. You could read Proverbs chapter 6. And in those nuggets... There's going to be some things there that God can equip you to help you in your everyday life. A comparable book, I think, to the New Testament is the book of James. And there are so many practical things in there about drawing nigh and about receiving the word of God with meekness. And what is worldly wisdom? What is godly wisdom? I know in part I'm preaching to the choir. I'm not going to go over there tonight. But, but I do have a few things that I want to look at from this passage. So, so, so that, you know, there are two kinds, there are two kinds of wisdom. There's the worldly wisdom and there's the godly wisdom. Now notice what it says there. It says to know wisdom and instruction. The Lord doesn't say in this opening verse to receive instruction. He doesn't want you to receive it until you know what it is. How are you going to recognize it if you don't know what godly wisdom is? 
Therefore, you're not ready to receive it. He wants to explain it to you. And that's where the book of James comes in in chapter 3. Earthly, sensual, and devilish. Those are all the things that adhere to this world. Earthly, it operates in opposition to to the things of God, to the Word of God. It's sensual. It's a soulish person that uses their fears and their frustrations. That's how they conduct their business. And the like. And then it says it's devilish, man. That wisdom always appeals to the pride of man and therefore it's never going to have any humility in it. That's the reason why when we hear some of the people that are in places of office, rather than taking ownership, they always pass the buck. Because they're operating in worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom says, I don't want to be blamed for that even though I might be responsible. And that's how that works. And so, and so here we need that wisdom that is from above, from God. You know, peaceable, easily entreated, you can approach it. You know those verses, but I'm just saying to you that, that we need to know, we need to know it when we see it or hear it. Look at, look in Proverbs 14. Keep your place in Proverbs 1. Look in Proverbs 14 with me and look in verse 7. I've used this verse before. I hope you don't think I'm sermonizing you. Some of you here are new and haven't really necessarily been introduced to the book of Proverbs. Others, you know, we're still singing out of the same song books because we haven't memorized all the songs. Amen. All right. And so notice what it says. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. Well, if you don't know that he is a foolish man, if you can't recognize... Pardon me, if you can't recognize that, if you don't perceive that, to have some discernment about, about you, you're liable to be influenced by that. And, uh, and it can, man, it can lead you down uh, the primrose path to where you're not going to have a good outcome. And some of those people, man, they're looking for people. I mean, I get calls. Do y'all get calls all the time? I've tried so many times to get on the don't call and, and I, I get all this stuff all the time. Hey, you know, we're checking your account. Hey, we heard something about your Social Security. You know, and then Debbie gets this stuff and she says, Hey, should I answer this? I said, No, don't you answer that. You know, leave that alone. And I, you know, and I've confronted some of them about that. I said, Man, you don't even sound American on here. Why do you want my Social Security number? What's yours? And, uh, and hang up. Brian used to keep him on the line a lot of times. And he would just say, listen, I'm watching my program. Just hold on a minute. And he said, this is the really good part. I missed it last time. They repeated it. I want to watch it. And then he'd be like, hey, can, do I have time to get a hamburger? I, I, I'm making some lunch or supper for my daughter and me. Just hang on a little bit. And man, he keeps them on there, keeps them on there. Yeah. He gets that from his mother. All right. So, so there's that verse. Then look in Proverbs 19. Just go to the right a little bit. Proverbs 19, look in verse 27. And you could say this is to sons and daughters. Cease my son to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. God wants you to have, a, 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 if you will, some blinders on to the things that you see and if you will, a little bit of of a, some, a headphone that sort of protects you because, you know, what have you got? you got the eye gate and you got the ear gate. And as I said this morning, so many things are competing for our attention and competing for our dollars and competing for our families. And so uh, you've got to be prepared to walk away from that when you perceive that they don't have wisdom in their lips. And where are they speaking from? Where does the, heart, where do the, where does the mouth speak? It says, Jesus said, from, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So their hearts are darkened. They don't have light. They don't have, they have, so as a result, no light, they have darkness. 
And they want to persuade us into that as well. And so, so here, we, God wants us to know it. He doesn't say receive, but it's rather to know that we could, that we could recognize what wisdom and what wisdom is not. To know the difference. And I'm sure you men that have businesses, man, do you ever get some real, do you ever get some real advertisements about stuff? You know the old saying, if it sounds too good to be true? It is. Amen, it is. And there's probably some new table, brother. There's probably some new device. There's probably, man, brother, there's probably some new uh, a protractor or whatever that'll help you with the satellite, put these, uh, you know, these, uh, I'm trying to think what you use the barge for, these wharfs and piers and so forth, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, new doesn't always make it better. And so you have to be wise about those things. And take that seriously. And so God wants you to be able to recognize it when you see it. You know, just like we want our sons and daughters, man, when they go away from home. I know, brother, I know when, when the kids are gone, you want them to be wise. Man, have their blinders up, be looking, listening, compare it to the Word of God, search it out before you say yes. Or you agree to go there. That, that's what I would want, amen, for hours. And, I, you know, I even reminded Christy, you know, the, when she went to Ole Miss and she was staying with a Christian family. And we thank God that he provided a place like that for her. But I reminded her, you know, this is not to get a, a, an MRS. You know, the goal here is to get your bachelor's degree. Amen. Now, now that was my thing, all right? There was time enough for that and Doug came along. Amen. And, and so... Uh, and so, you know, looking at these things, you got to keep the finish line first and keep your focus on these things. And you need the wisdom of God to do that. So it is to know wisdom and understanding. And you know that passage, it says, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Amen. Knowing when to apply these things, how to apply these things. And so, uh, so let, just let me remind you about that. So this, this very, th- go back to Proverbs 1 with me. One of the things why God wrote the book of Proverbs was for these young men, if you will, to know wisdom and instruction and to perceive. So not only to know, but to perceive. And so I remember as a medic, man, they would say all the time that perception is reality. I had never heard that before until I got in the medical field. Perception is reality. So, so they always prided themselves on how we looked when we got to your house. You know, if I got there and my shirt tail was half tucked in, I didn't have my boots zipped up and one pant leg was in, the other one was Louisiana style with it down inside, you know, and got there and I'm scratching my head and I don't have a pen, I don't have anything to write on. Y'all got one here, I left mine in the truck. Y'all got, man, they would say of us, man, I, I, you know, I changed my mind, I don't think I want you to work on my mother or my father. Why? Because their perception of us, man, it made them see like if they're that scattered and they're that unprofessional, they might be that unprofessional in their medical treatment. And so, so that's why, man, you know, how things are at the office, just keeping things moving. It's clean and neat and it's professional and so forth. That inspires confidence in people. And it helps. It helps. And so to perceive. And so simply to understand, to perceive something is, is the ability to recognize and, and, and acknowledge the reality of a situation. Remember I said this morning, things are not always as they are first reported. And they are seldom as they appear to be. 
And so, and so you and I, we need that perception. We need to be able to see beyond that. You know, the book of Proverbs says about the prudent man, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are destroyed. What does that prudent man see? Prudence means to avoid evil, how to stay out of trouble. And I'm telling you, young people, when you get out here, listen, I would tell my students that were in high school, they were seniors, I said, life is coming at you just like a bullet, man. You're going to be 18 when you leave here, and you know, and you're going to have to make decisions. It's coming right after you. And young people, man, my granddaughters and some of you in here that have young people, man, life is steadily moving on. And we've got to equip them. We've got to do our part and God has supplied it here for us that they make good decisions, that they can see things as they really are. And, uh, you know, and that, and that's incumbent upon us. I mean, you know, it's kind of like your sense of smell. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I, I told somebody today, I said, you know, you got to get used to the three things about EMS. You got to get used to the sounds, the sights and the smells. The smells of EMS. And, you know, sometimes just because you have a smell uh, doesn't mean that you necessarily, you know, that you necessarily know that it's good. I mean, uh, to know what's really going on just because you smell something. I'm talking about physically or whatever. But godly wisdom goes beyond your natural senses. Remember, that's what that sensual person, that soulish person does. They're relying on their common sense, sight, sound, touch, feel, and so forth. They're relying on that. And God wants you to have something that sees beyond that surface, looks beyond what you're hearing, that measures their spirit by the words that they use, by the ways that they conduct themselves. I mean, if they don't keep their word with you, are, are you feeling more confident about them for the future? If they left you high and dry and said, oh man, that'll never happen again. I mean, you know, when people make mistakes and things do happen, but you know, what do we say? Once burnt... You know, uh, shame on you, but once, but twice burnt, shame on me. Shame on me. And so we've got to look at things realistically and understand that and perceive that. You know, and, and sometimes it's not about by being nice. Sometimes you might be able to help that person to be able to hold the next job by trying to instruct them a little bit. I want to be able to trust you, but I can't trust you because you don't do what you tell me you're going to do. Now, those are hard conversations to have. But I'll guarantee you in here, if you've ever had your own business, you've had to talk to men like that and sometimes to women. I know that you have. And, uh, and, and usually, you know, those kind of people, they have a track record, don't they? And so, uh, so the ability to recognize and acknowledge the reality, I mean, to see what's really going on. You know, and that's why sometimes it aggravates. I, I've been known to, to do this when... The kids were younger and they might be watching a movie or they watch a TV program and I'd be like, oh my gosh. Do you all see what they're doing? Man, they're just cramming this right down their throat. And they'd be like, oh, come on, Dad. We see that, you know. You know, they have an agenda. And it's like, you know, can we just watch the movie? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I just need to point it out. Amen, Brother Ed. I didn't make them shut it off, but I wanted them to see what was really going on. You don't believe everything that you hear. And you know, Hollywood, man, what's that all about? That's all about fantasy. They can show you something. I mean, you know, even some fishermen have learned to do that. They'll take that little old fish and they hold it out here at a distance and they get the camera going a certain way and they can make that crappie look bigger, don't they, brother? Do what, brother? 
I'm not pretty guilty of that. No, you're the, they, they mess with me. I mean, I have real friends. They're so concerned about me that they put fish in my pockets, you know. And, uh, I mean, I can feel the love. And I felt that fish, you know. And so, uh, but, my, but my point is, is that, beloved, you've got to be aware about some of those things. And young people, you've got to be interested in that because just because he tells you that he likes you, that doesn't necessarily mean that he really likes you. It might just mean that he wants something from you. And guys, when she says, you know, man, if you really cared about me, this is what you do. She just wants something from you. And it's hard for young people to be able to push that away and not be taken in by that because, man, they want to have friends. They want to be liked. They want to be accepted. But there's a danger in all that. And, man, it can happen. It can happen. And, uh, you know, 20 minutes in the wrong place can change your life. Because you wouldn't listen. And so godly wisdom goes beyond the natural resources. But it's what Brother Lewis taught about this morning in Psalm 34. And if you don't have that message, you need to get that message of Psalm 34. It was excellent. Very practical. And one of the things he said that was in that passage was about being able to see... But you're not going to see until you begin to fear the Lord and you begin to, if you will, that you begin to chase after Him to be in pursuit of Him. Then God will allow you to see. Look in Deuteronomy with me. Keep your place there in Proverbs. Go back to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm not going to make you go to a bunch of places. Deuteronomy 29. Look at this passage. You know, it's the fifth book in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 29. And look in, and look in verse 3 with me. I mean, who do you think has the wisdom of God? You're not going to get it in an Encyclopedia Britannica. Those guys used to come around and sell books all the time. Then they had guys that sold Bibles all the time. And then they sold other, other uh, periodicals. You know, and they would talk about how smart your kids are going to be and all that kind of stuff. But look in Deuteronomy 29. Look in verse 3 with me. Notice what it says. He said, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Now, they saw a lot, did they not? They, they saw the, the pillar by day to keep them shaded, from the first central heating and air conditioning, I always say. They had that cloud by day and they had a pillar of fire at night. It gets cold in the desert if you don't know that. But look at verse 4. Yet the Lord hath not given you an heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. There were people there in that journey that did not comprehend what God was trying to do in that time that they were headed to the wilderness. I mean, remember, that wilderness was only supposed to be about an 11-day journey, I think, from Mount Horeb to cross Jordan, and they wound up over there for 40 years. Why? Because, man, they wouldn't go over, and then when they couldn't go over, they decided to go over anyway, and they got in trouble for that, and a bunch of them got got beat up and so forth. And, uh, I mean, they, they didn't really see what God was doing. All they saw was the great giants. They didn't see the greatness of their God. They couldn't perceive it. They couldn't perceive it. And so parables in the Bible, sometimes they're there to conceal things and sometimes they're there to reveal things. Some of the disciples, he said, it's given to you to know these things. But to the rest of them, and I'm just paraphrasing, he said, the rest of them, it's not given. And, uh, but that, they, you know, that their hearts might be hardened. And the harder your heart is, the less likely you're going to understand that truth that God is trying to give to you. 
So having a tender heart, beloved, tender towards the wisdom of God, tender towards the knowledge of God. And I mean really appreciating it, really pursuing it in your life. And so Proverbs was written to increase our perception. Go back to Proverbs with me. Look in verse 26. I'm... I'm not going to say I'm almost done, but I have some time left. Proverbs 26. Are you all with me tonight? I I know this may seem like old hat. Brother Ed, I read Proverbs every day, but I want you to know why you're doing something and the importance of it if you're not doing it, how you ought to incorporate it in your life. Proverbs 26, and look look with me, please, and, and, and look in verse 24. Proverbs 26, verse 24. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips. Now, what's that guy doing? He's really a hypocrite. He's got such hatred in his heart, but his words are trying to tell you that everything's okay. It's kind of like that passage, you know, in in Proverbs 24. Man, if you be a man given to appetite, you better better be careful when you sit down with that ruler because his heart is not with thee. And if you don't have some perception, if you can't see beyond the surface, then you're liable to be taken in. And I'm not trying to shame you all, but... Have you ever been fooled, brother, on something? Brother, ever happened? Brother, brother Kenny, did you have you ever been fooled on a on something things were things weren't as they appeared to be? Brother Jared, I, I, I promise you, I'm not trying to. And I know, brother Kim, when you were doing all that cabinet work, you can't do all that kind of work and something not be as it appeared to be, or as it was portrayed to be. And God is wanting to give us something that we can, if you will, measure what we are seeing and hearing in their lives that we could stay away from that and know that, hey, you know what? You know, and, I, and I've heard, you know, when we were hanging sheetrock, Brother Wade Biggs, he said, man, I would just bid this thing so high. He said, I knew the guy wouldn't take it because he was afraid of getting the job because he knew it wasn't going to go good. Sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. And sure enough, it didn't go well. But he thought that was a remedy. And so look at this. For, and notice what he says in 26. So when he speaketh fair, believe him not. Verse 25. For there are seven abominations in his heart whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Verse 20. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. But if you don't know that, if you can't see that, you're just liable to go on down there. I mean, you know, you talk to some of the missionaries that are in New Guinea and they would see this well-worn path and they'd be out on, they'd be out on a walkabout or whatever and they're going out there and, and they have a guide with them a lot of times when they get there and, and, uh, and they would want to say, okay, well, this is the way. We're just going right over here. And that guide, somebody that lived there all their life, said, man, no, that's not the right way. we got to go over here. And that missionary would look at him and say, well, man, that's nothing but thick jungle. That's never been, that's, that's never been cleared out. That's going to take us a lot longer. And he said, yes, I know. He said, but you won't get hurt over here. He said, that path leads to a pit. And that's where we run all the hogs. And that's where they die. I mean, even Custer didn't listen to his guide tried to help him. And so, beloved, God has given us a guide trying to help us, trying to equip us so that we know what to do in those situations and, uh, and, and how it can make such a big difference. And so, I mean, that word there, dissembler, really means a hypocrite. He's portraying himself one way, but he's up to no good. 
He's just an actor putting on. Go back to Proverbs 1. We're almost done. The third thing, it's not only to, to, if you will, to recognize what's going on, but it is also to perceive it and then also to receive the instruction. Now we're getting to that place where maybe you have learned a few things that you're listening to what's actually being said. You're measuring spirit as it's touching spirit. Can you not tell when a man's full of pride? Can you, I mean, can you not tell that when you're dealing with them sometimes and what they're doing? Or maybe, maybe you're in a school environment and you're trying to talk to their children, talk to the parents about their children, and they can't receive anything that would help their child. Why? Because they're so full of pride. You'd be able to tell that. And so, so we want to be able to perceive the words of understanding, and we also want to be able to receive the instruction. Now, instruction simply means directions, it means orders, mandates, or whatever it might be, or the precepts of knowledge, some precepts. And so you're, you're, the book of Proverbs has a lot of those. Man, it not only has, it has portraits. There are people in here that you can look at, but it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. Not everything about, about the, I think the closest place where you might find that is in Proverbs 26. There are several verses right in a row about the fool. And you can find out a lot about him and so forth. But the, but the rest of them are scattered about in, in, that, in the book of Proverbs for you to get a little bit here and a little bit there. And so, and so we are to receive those things. And so there, there are some portraits there so that you can learn about who's the diligent man and how does he behave? What does he do with his stuff? When, when you see him pull up on the job and you look at his truck, or, or maybe you see uh, how, how he how the store looks on the inside, brother, before you get ready to take it over. What are they already doing? Maybe you can tell some things about them as you pull up on the house, and man, it looks like, you know, it looks like they're poor as Job's turkey, and they want you to put this very nice deck out there. You might, you might have to look at that a little bit different. Okay? And so, and so some of these things, they do, they, they certainly do matter, all right? And so God wants us to get these things and to understand these things. Go back to Proverbs 1 with me. And, and notice what it says, to receive the instruction of wisdom. And so there are some things that are in these portraits, if you will. And then there are, there are some principles that are there. Some of them are contrasts. And some of them are comparisons. And then some of them are compliments. They complement each other. Like six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. That seventh thing complements those previous six. The comparisons that are there, and they use parts of speech. And, uh, you know, and you have to go back a little bit on your English. You probably could ask your wife or your daughter who's in high school. Parts of speech, you know, metaphors. When Jesus said, I am the door, was he really a door? I mean, did he have a knob on him and stuff like that? No, he didn't. But metaphorically speaking, he was the door. You got to go through him if you want to make it to heaven. Amen. And so, and so there are metaphors that are in there. There are similes where they use like and as. And so these are all there given to us to help me in my daily life. If you want to be successful in your business, you need to know how to deal with those kind of people. You need to understand something about human nature. What, what about the slothful man? He always says, you know, he, he, he can't do this and he can't do that. You know, he won't bring his hand to his mouth, but maybe he's just busy doing the wrong things. And the things that should be done are not being done. He might be busy, but he still might be slothful. 
He might be passive. Those things, and you detect all those things as you get around people out in public and you're dealing with people. And some of these things, they might just, they might just raise a little flag in your mind. Maybe I've got to, maybe I've got to think about this a little more clearly. Or, or maybe, maybe this is not what he intended. It might require a little more investigation or whatever. I'm not saying write them off on the very first day. But you know, good hiring practices are just that. Good hiring practices. And so, yes, we need that. We need that. Number four, look. Look at the list one. To, to give subtlety. Usually when we think about subtlety, we always think about the, about the serpent, Brother Cade, in the, in the garden. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. But he used it for evil things. And subtlety is not always evil when it's used for the right thing. Solomon used subtlety. Remember when the woman came to him and said, man, this is my child. And the other lady said, no, this is my child. And, uh, and he said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. Since I can't really resolve this, you all are both making such a good argument. Bring me a sword and I'm just going to cut it in half. And so what happened? The mother of the child said, oh no, let her have it. Let, it, let her have it. And so then what did Solomon do? He turned around and gave that baby to that woman who was willing, if you will, for that child to stay alive. He used a little subtlety. Jesus used subtlety. And I know that some of you do it. I've done it with my children. I've done it with my grandkids. A little subtlety. It's kind of fun when you can mess with their heads and they don't realize they just stuck their foot in their mouth. Oh, ask God to help you with that, that you might have a little subtlety in your life. Notice what it says. To give subtlety to the simple. To the simple. Listen, beloved, there are so many pitfalls out here today, so many scams, so many things that are out there waiting to get you. I'm not trying to make you afraid. Now listen, God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. But He's expecting me to do my part. He wants me to be equipped. And so some of us, we need subtlety. And you need to teach your young people about subtlety, about what's going on. And so uh, lastly, it says to give give the young man knowledge and discretion. Look in verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. There's a little test here for you. So I, I want you to think about this. So tell me about this. And so, so the, a wise man, if you will, he will place a higher value on hearing and listening. Are you pursuing anything? Are you in pursuit of anything that involves your job, that involves your skill? I'm sure that, man... As vehicles change, Brother Lewis, I'm sure that, man, there's other, there's other methods and methodologies for working on some of these things and equipment changes because nothing stays the same anymore. Technology, man, is like wild. And we have to keep up with that. And so, uh, and so increasing in learning and knowledge. And I've asked this before. You know, I asked this the other day in Sunday school, and I wasn't trying to offend you, but uh, are, do you ever read a book? And don't tell me that you read to your grandkids. All right, and I'm for that. But do you ever read a book? There might be something in there that could help you in your job. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just challenging you a little bit. Say, Brother Ed, I got out of school and I don't want to back. You know what? You've got to maintain a teachable spirit. If you don't, you're done. You've got to be teachable. You must. 
If you're going to progress, if you're going to be competitive, if you're going to be there and you say, well, God will take... I understand that. And I'm not asking you to be worldly. I'm not asking you to be sensual. I'm not asking you to do any of those things. I'm just saying, you know, that... You, you know, you just can't... I mean, even the bird's got to get out of the nest to go get the worm. God provides the worm, but he's got to get out. He can't just be, all right, children, open your mouths. I'm going to open mine. Whoever gets the first is with the most. It doesn't work that way. We've got to be willing to do that. So... Let me ask you, do you ever seek good counsel? A wise man will seek good counsel. You know what it said? Remember that about with war? You want to make war? Make good counsel. Good counsel. Consider the cost. Do all those things with the decisions that you have to make. We have some men in this assembly who are wise, and they've been running businesses, and they know how to do things, and they're a great resource. Ladies, there are some ladies in this our church that know how to love their wives and their children. They are resources on how to do things. Man, if you don't know how to sew, I'll guarantee you there's some ladies in here that will help you learn how to sew. I'm not trying to volunteer y'all ladies. I'm just saying there are people in here who would be happy because they don't want to keep doing it for you. They want you to learn. And wouldn't it be a blessing to have that skill so maybe you could save some money down the road and then you could be a blessing to somebody else? Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. We're just talking about being equipped. And the book of Proverbs wants to help us with that. You'll be able to understand a proverb better than before because you've been in there and you've been reading and you've been searching and you've been looking. And so expose yourself to these things. Expose yourself to the truth of God's Word in these practical ways. Our Heavenly Father, man, He wants to bless us and He wants wise children just like you do. So teach your children. Go through those things. You could take that, do that for family altar. You don't have to make it a huge, big lesson. You might just take one verse out of there and get folks to talk about it. What do they think it means? And have a word of prayer and move on. It's not like Bible college. All right, every one of you get lined up, get your notebook. It doesn't have to be like that, you know, so regimented. But what, but what are you teaching them? You're teaching them that mom and dad look to the Word of God for the decisions that they have to make, for the direction that they want to walk in. And they're not counting on what Oprah and Dr. Phil say or Dr. Fauci or anybody else up there. Amen. Expose yourself to these things. Take the time to do that. Don't shortchange yourself because then when you know what, when the time comes and you're going to need it, you're going to want to know what to do. And, and maybe the brother Kims aren't going to be here and the brother Rogers aren't going to be here and you're going to be that person. Brother Marks and Brother Kennedy's Brother Luke, they may not be here. You ever think about that? We can't think about men like they're trees, amen? Why? Because they're not always here. Take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Call upon these resources, amen? Let's pray. Father... Thank you again for my church family and I pray you'll bless them tonight as we look to the word of God and the book of Proverbs and I pray Lord that we may possess teachable spirits dear God and be in pursuit of these things that you might be able to help us. Just like that song we sang when toil and trouble meeting God I don't want to wait till it's too late to find out what to do or what I should have done now that I've got toil and trouble. I don't want pain to be the thing that motivates me by being slothful. 
Deliver us from these things, Father, I pray. Bless our people. Help them to have a good day tomorrow, a safe day. And bless the work of their hands. In Jesus' name, amen.